0: Welcome to the Sozo Church Podcast. Our desire is to see every person know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Enjoy. I was really praying about a few things that I wanted to speak specifically over you guys. And, you know, as you do, when Jason first asked me, I was like, all right, like, you know, what do you guys, are you guys in a series? You want me to go with the series? Like, what you guys feeling? What's going on? What can I, how can I help? He's like, man, just go for it. It's Mother's Day. Do what you want. And... And, and really, this word came to me, and it's something that I've, I've, I've uh, spoken on a little bit in the past, and, but I really felt it impressed upon me for you guys today. And, you know, I, my wife and I, like many folks, you know, you feel like you live a big life. We've got three kids under the age of six, right? So y'all pray for us, too, like y'all praying for them. Right, I always, I always. People are like, "How do you describe that? Like, what is that experience like?" I'm like, you know, that scene from Jurassic World, where he's like, got the raptors, he's like, "Hey, blue, stop, shut up." Like, you know what he's doing this. I'm like, it's kind of that scene, right? That's the easiest way to describe what my life is like. I'm like, you better knock it off, right? And like, I just need the whistle, um, and uh, you know, but we, like most folks, I feel like we live live a big life, right? We we're in New York, raising kids in New York, miracle in of itself. You know, doing it here in San Francisco, uh, you know, it's got its challenges as well. But let me tell you, God will have you thrive when you sacrifice. And um, the thing that I always talk to people about that, you know, because my wife and I, also, obviously we lead the church that we're a part of here in, in San Francisco. We've got three kids. Uh, my I work in the corporate space as well. It's an area that I'm really passionate about. Um, and I, I, I get this question a lot. People always like, how do you kind of do all that stuff? Like, how do you, like, what's... You know, they always, they always want to try to find, like, the secret. Like, what's the secret, man? Like, how do you, how do you make sense of all those things? And over my years and over my time of, of doing church and raising family and, and work and, and, and all the things that kind of come with life, I, I think I've distilled it down to one key thing. And that's what I'm going to speak to you guys about today. And it's joy. Joy is the one thing that I can comfortably say apart from anything else that has sustained me and caused me to thrive in almost any environment that I found myself in, joy. And the message title today is Spark Joy because I'm hoping that's what happens for you today. And no, we're not going to do a Marie Kondo thing. I'm not going to ask you to go home and hug your stuff and kiss it up to Jesus. We're not going to do that. But I want to read to you a scripture that kind of sets all this up. It's in Romans five thirteen, and it says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And this scripture to me kind of sets the whole stage, right? May the God of hope, I love it says who God is. May the God of who? Hope. This God of hope fill you with, the God who is eternally hopeful, fill you with all joy and peace in your believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in the very thing that God is, hope. And so joy is really important because it says with all joy. And we have to realize that when we talk about God, when we talk about the Trinity, that God in and of himself, he is content in God's fullness, that he is not feeling diminished in any way, that the unity between the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is powerful. The unity between those things, and out of that is this overflow of joy because they are one with each other. And in Nehemiah 8.10, it says this. It says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, God's inherent joy and wholeness in himself is what is our strength. You were lifted up because God is fully at peace and at full joy with himself. God is essentially full of himself. Right? He's like, I'm good. I am, in my own sense, completely joyful and full of hope. And I love it because with joy, all things are possible. You know, there's, there's been moments in my own life where I've, I've lacked vision, I've lacked faith, I've lacked a lot of different things. And if it wasn't for joy, I don't know if I would have been able to get through some of those things. I can, I can tell you this, vision hasn't always got me through things. It hasn't. A good strategy hasn't always got me through things. There's some times that my faith I feel like it hasn't, I'm like, it just doesn't feel like I'm hoping for But there's something about this joy that has just reminded me and kept me going. Because I know that it's my portion. It's important to understand that joy sustains everything. It sustains everything. If we want to reflect the one who, who made us. I love this. David says this in Psalm 51, 10 through 12. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. I remember when I got saved, I was... um, Right around 16, about turned 17 years old. And I, I remember singing this song all the time. Remember, it's like an old song, like, Creating Me a Clean Heart. Remember that song? Oh, oh, oh God. Right? Like, that song. And renew a right spirit within me. Right? Like, I love that song. Whoa, splash. Little, little it's a shampoo section up here. Um, <laughs> But I love this because this is what the psalmist, this is what David says, and this moment is tied to the context of this is kind of right after the moment that he is, uh, he, he, he kind of blows it a little bit, right? He goes, and if you know much about a story, he um, sees a beautiful woman sitting across the way, taking a bath, and he's like, I think I'll have that. And, uh, and he goes and makes a bit of a mistake, takes this woman, gets her pregnant, kind of feels bad about it, and goes, oop, sends her husband off to war, gets him killed. Not very nice, Right? Kind of a big whoopsie, you know? Kind of puts our bad email in perspective, right? Like, ooh, I shouldn't have, you know. This is a big whoopsie. And he's confronted by the prophet. And so this is what comes out of that, right? He goes, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. And I love that of everything he asked for, What did he ask for? It was his joy. He's like, and as a king, he had all these responsibilities. He's like, oh God, please, like make me, make me more wise. God, make make me smarter. You know, make me more cunning. Make me more. uh, I don't know. Like, make me more interesting. He didn't. He didn't ask for anything else. He goes, oh man, I've, I've just forgotten. I've forgotten how good it was to be saved. I forgot how good it was that you, you, have, you, have, you have watched out for me. I forgot. I forgot the joy of my salvation, of knowing that I was anchored and, and, and connected and seen and, and brought through tremendous things. There's no way that I could have gone from a shepherd boy to being a king unless it was you. There's no org chart move for that. Right? Like, oh, you just play your cards right. You know, like... three short months like it's not that's not gonna happen and he and he gets to this point where he's doing some stuff and he's down the road and he's got a lot of responsibility and the one thing that he's forgotten was his joy he forgot to have his joy and he said cast me not away Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy. Bring me back to that moment where I, wherever it was, if I was in a field or I was, that moment where I was on my knees and I go, God, thank you. Thank you for seeing me, for saving me, for setting me apart. Don't let me forget again. Don't let me forget again. And I believe that is a word for some of you guys today, that you're, in your faith, you're in your journey, you're doing some stuff, you're experiencing some wins, you're hitting some losses, right? Like things are happening and you're like, oh God, please like just and God's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 hey just get back to your joy. Get back to that moment where you were sitting on a couch or you were in a youth group or sitting in a car or whatever you were doing. What was that moment where you just said God, I need you. And I, and, 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 and you see me. I remember laying in my bed, you know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home and, and I'm, 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 I'm very much like a skeptical kind of person. I'm like, okay, like prove it. So like every time things happen, I'm like, well, we'll see there. And, uh, and so I had a, I had a pretty long journey of, of kind of faith, you know, it took a couple months and I was like, well, I'm going to read all the books. And, uh, You know, because I was like, I want to prove all this wrong. And I remember that being such an outlier at the end of the day. You know, I read all these different types of religious texts and from different religions and things like that. And I remember just this, the outlier of the New Testament being that God loves me, Jesus loves me just because. And I just couldn't reconcile that. I was like, what the heck is up with that? Like, everything else made sense. If you do something stupid, I'm going to punch you, right? Like all these other things like made a lot of sense that I could take it and I can contextualize it. And, I, and the, but here's this thing. And so in that moment as a, as a teenager laying in bed being like, I don't know, but man, I want to know. And so I, I receive your salvation. I come back to that moment at my bed all the time because when I get too far gone, I'm like, man, I need to remember the joy of my salvation. I need to remember what it's like to know that I'm saved, that I, that I have a home, that the things that are going on here, that I can keep going, that I can be set apart, I can be called up, that God can take a knucklehead like me and do something great. First Colossians 1, 9-12 says this. It says, And so from the day we heard, I love that he makes this clear. It's like, look, there's all these great things. All this stuff. I got it all for you. But it better be with joy. I've got all this for you. Don't worry. I got your strength. I can help you endure. I can give you patience. I can give you all power according to his glorious might. But man, with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance because you got to see joy is is deeply aware, right? You're, this doesn't mean happy slappy. This doesn't mean like, you know, I just walked outside and my car's missing. And, you know, I'm like, they're like, how are you feeling? I'm like, great. I ain't feeling great. Like, I'm mad, you know. I remember that one time. My car got stolen at the Atlanta airport one time. And I remember walking out and being like, you know, to the you know, garage. And I'm like, you spend like an hour. You're like, I know my car. I left it here. And then, you know, after like an hour, I'm like, it's clearly stolen, right? Like, I've... How many times have I walked up and down these 19, you know, and the Atlanta airport is, it's, there's no joy in that airport. <laughs> um, but you got to understand, these, everything that we feel and experience is meant to be done with joy, right? So we struggle with joy, right? We mourn with joy. We love, we give, we hope, we serve with joy. Everything must be anchored to joy. It doesn't mean that we're naive, it doesn't mean that we're goofy about the weight of some of the stuff that we know is tough. It means just the opposite. We are deeply mindful at how rough this is or how terrible this situation might be, but still, with joy we can do it. With joy we can overcome. Because what is joy tied to? Our salvation. And when we are saved, these things, although they are heavy, will not take me out. Because they are done with joy. And a lot of things I think we're doing today, a lot of y'all in here are doing stuff. Like, man, I'm giving. I'm helping. I'm doing stuff. I'm talking to my, I'm trying to be nice to my coworker. Right? I almost had my, per my previous email, but I deleted it. <laughs> I almost had it. If you'll notice, uh, I will forward again, say per my... So, it's the ultimate shade email, per my previous email. <laughs> where well, we all recognize that neither you nor I read nor cared about the first email. But you're doing all these things, and you feel, and they're right. Look, look at me, they're right. But it's a bad theology to think just doing it is God's desire. If you don't do it with joy... God's like, I, I mean, neat. <laughs> All you get is used by God as opposed to experiencing the fullness of God. Because God's like, I got stuff to do. I'll use whoever. I don't care if you're happy or sad. I'll use you. But, man, I want you to have some joy with it. And my favorite example of this is Jonah. In Jonah 1-3. Jonah 1-3. I don't have this up there, so don't worry, guys. Like, I don't see the notes. Uh, basically, the gist is this. God speaks to Jonah. There's a, there's, a, there's a group of people that are acting a little wild. And God's like, all right, I need to handle this. Jonah, you go. Tell them to, st- uh, you know, kind of straighten out their life. Tell them to quit acting, acting reckless. And I love it that the first one through three is basically God calling and speaking to Jonah. Right? Which all of us would deeply desire. Like, please, Lord, speak. So, like, Jonah has this, like, awesome moment where he's actually hearing directly from God. And I love that at the end of that, it says... Jonah got up and walked away from what God said, right? So he's, like, hanging out, and God's like, Jonah, I got something incredible for you, and uh, you're, you're going to go, and you're going to go talk to this uh, this city, and they're going to give their life to me, and um, it's going to be great. And Jonah's like, pass. <laughs> and just kind of, right? Just want, he's like, I'm, no, we're good. Because, like, <laughs> I hate those people. <laughs> that was really thats the reason why. It's like, man, those people. Nah, you can. I heard about all the fire and the burning, Like Jonah's, like you can do all that to them. I'm good, right? Like, but that shows Jonah is the perfect example of being used by God. Completely lacking in joy. The whole time, incredible things. Like the hand of God is all over him. He gets eaten by a whale, you know, and gets, lives, right? Like, and, and, oh, there's just miracle after miracle about him just, you know, and even God being gracious to us, being like, fine, I actually changed my mind. Maybe I want to squish you instead, right? Like, it, it, he didn't, he responded in a way that is such a mirror to so many of us of how we live, that we could be doing all the right things. I'm giving. Man, I'm so generous. Man, I'm so good with my time. I'm so good with my, Whatever, but if it's not done with joy, it's not about box ticking. And Jonah missed this. And Jonah missed this completely. And I get it. I do. There's days where I feel like I had to, you know, be dragged a little bit. God's like, come on, man. I'm just like, I don't want to go. Like, I don't want to do it. Well, even when God called San Francisco, I was like, man, it's pretty nice in New York. We're doing good. I, we were great. Like, things were going really well there. It was like we, had a, you know, we had planted, like, five churches in the city, right? Like, God was doing stuff. My career was going well. Like, kids were, seemed pretty happy. They liked New York, you know. I, saw my, I knew God was real because my first son, we were riding on the subway. He was about 18 months old. So it was before it was, our second one was about to come at the time. And I'm talking to a stranger, and I look over, and I watch him go like this and lick a subway pole. <laughs> and I remember it was just me that day. My wife was, I don't know where she was, but. And I remember it being like, how am I going to tell her that he ain't going to make it through the night? Like, <laughs> like we got to start over. Like, it's done. Like, I failed as a dad. I'm like, I, and, uh, you know, but. We have to be able to recognize the weight. You know, that was tough for us. And we could have been like, oh, man, I don't want to do it, God. You know, but I was like with joy. Like, you know what? I remember the word that, and we built a great community there. Man, like when he talks about home, man, if this is your home, be in this home. Be in this home. Man, I pray you guys are getting each other's phone numbers I pray you guys are finding time to show up for each other. If this is your home, make it your home. Make it your home. Don't just show up here on a Sunday and get to know somebody that doesn't look like you. Get to know somebody who doesn't maybe act like you or have the same type of job as you or do the same type of thing that you do. This gives us an opportunity. And I remember being reluctant and nervous, and and we built because we felt like we had such a great community in New York. And, and God spoke so clearly to, to M, to my wife, and was just like, hey, remember, when you guys came to, back to New York, you didn't have any of this. Look what I did. So I'll do it again. I'll do it again in San Francisco. I don't care where you guys are at. I'll do it again. And that filled us with such joy. And it moved us from a place of being like, ugh. But I get why it's uncomfortable. Because joy, like I said, I think joy's. Typically reserved for, like, you know, y'all, I don't know if you've met some of these people. I have. I enjoy them. Some of those, like, weirdo, like, some of those, like, weird Christians. You know what I mean? Like, they're just, it's just, a, you're just like, hey, bring it back a notch. Like, I'm going to need you at, you're at, like, a 15. I can't even go that high. I need you at, like, an 8. Let's at least get you under 10 because the volume's too much. Right? And I think we, we the, the biggest mistake we can make is take joy and turn it into a personality trait. It is not a personality trait. You experiencing joy, I don't care if you're introverted. I don't care if you're extroverted. I don't care if you're a one through nine on the Enneagram. I don't care if you're an INFJ, an UTNFJ, an ABCDEF. I don't know. Whatever thing you are, Strength Finder 2.0, whatever the heck your assessment of yourself is, joy does not respect. It does not have a place for your personality. It exists irregardless. And some of you are missing out on the fullness of God because you're like, mm mm. Right? Like it's just, and it's no respecter of personality. Joy is not just for the extrovert, it is not an extroverted trait. Joy is deep and it's not this just happy, flappy, charismatic thing. It's what God said, it is rooted in who God is. The God of hope says you may abide in my joy so that you can be rooted in hope. The same thing that I am, you can have as well. What's the, what's the bridge? It's your joy. And if your hope feels rough, it's because there's no joy. Psalm 126 6 says this, He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy bringing sheaves with him. Psalm 51.8 says, Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have broken rejoice. Come on, David. Psalm 132.16, Her priests I will clothe in salvation. Her saints will shout with joy. Joy is powerful. We weep, we mourn. Bring your shouts of joy. Joy is not some feeling. It is this rooted revelation that I am seen by God, and therefore, nothing can overcome me. I am rooted in God. This is why we need joy. And this is why I love this moment. I'm going to get Elton up here. Because, I love that it says this in Hebrews twelve two. It says this, it says fixing our eyes on Jesus. This is Paul, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him. For the joy set before him. Do you know what he is talking about? You. The joy that set before him was you. When he said, if there be any other way, what did he see that got him there? You. The joy that set before him. Fully aware of his weight. Fully aware that he was about to die. Fully aware that he was about to make the ultimate sacrifice. The thing that brought him joy was your salvation. Your salvation brought our Savior joy. It was the thing that made it in the blood. To stand up, go, okay, they were worth it, man. They're so worth it. You're so worth it. Did you know that? You bring Jesus immense joy. It's why you need it. And just like in all things that Jesus does, he goes, you got to partake. If you're with me now, if you're on my team, if you've accepted me, I need you to see the other people the same way. Every time it feels tough, at your job or at your family, remember what I did. I I saw it all. I knew it was tough. I knew this was going to be hard, but I counted it all as joy. You were worth it. You were worth it. Joy. It's the one thing. I promise you that will help you overcome everything that'll help you overcome all of this. I know that this city ain't looking out for you. I know that. Your job's not really looking out for you. I get that. It can feel lonely. It can feel whatever at times. But you know what you've got? You've got a church that's trying to point you to Jesus, who's trying to tell you that you're worth it. He Was trying to tell you that what he did was because, of, like, man, those these people bring me joy. I love, I love them. And he's going, man, just can you partake in that with me? God's going, can you partake in that with me? Thanks for listening. Join us each week here on the podcast or live in San Francisco. Keep up with life at Sozo by following at Sozo Church SF on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a great day.